Doing okay? Did anyone get invited out for lunch? Did anybody offer to pay for your lunch? Lance said he'd love to pay for everybody's lunch. Just see him down here in the second row. Hey, before we, um, before we get into this, I just want to let you know that in the foyer you can pick up uh, one of these pamphlets. It's called Gift for Life. Um, we're partnering with Tear Fund this Christmas season to be able, you can do anything from $10 through to $600 if you want to, of um, supporting uh, the different uh, things that they're doing overseas in Uganda. Um, from, there's some crazy stuff in here from uh, you, can, you can invest in a child or you can even care for a cow. 20 bucks to care for a cow. Um, there's even one here called Caffeine Boost, where you can support a family that's, that's um, planting uh, coffee trees and all that sort of stuff. And, and so that's one of the things that we're doing this Christmas. So I encourage you to pick up one of these on your way out and pray about it and work out something that you want to do to help support Fund. We're also going to have um, some stuff next week because we're going to be partnering once again with uh, Franklin Family Services and their Smiles campaign of putting together 100 food parcels for 100 families in our community. And so we'll be talking about that a little bit more next week. Is that all right? Cool. Are you ready for this? All right. This week, I, um, I decided that I was going to go and get a, a coffee at a cafe and just work on my message and so I went to the only cafe that's worth going to in Pukekohe, your local coffee roasters. Who has not been to your local yet? If you have not been to your local yet, put up your hand. You're in danger of not being allowed through the doors of this church. Uh, you're in danger of hell if you haven't been to... No, just joking. Um, and so I went down there and I thought, I'm, I'm going to go down to the one on Manukau Road because it's a little bit quieter. And I just wanted to pull my laptop out and do some work. And anyway, there's this lady in front of me, and um, she was going to order coffee before me. And she says to the person, I would like a hot, cold brew coffee. Now, if you know anything about coffee, there's no such thing as a hot, cold brew coffee. There's called cold brew coffee because it's, hint, it's cold. And so the, the person behind the counter says, we don't do a hot, cold brew coffee. We just do a cold cold brew coffee. <laughs> and this lady goes, well, I had one here last week. You don't know what you're talking about. And anyway, so this girl turns around and she goes to the manager and says, look, this is what they're asking for. And, and I know the manager, manager, I heard the manager saying, just, just give her a long black, which is basically just a hot black coffee, right? So she gives her this long black and the lady goes, that's it. Next time, get it right. And she walks out the door. And I thought, if that isn't a Karen, I don't know what is. <laughs> but the other thing I thought about it is, as I thought about that moment and a lot of things that I'm seeing lately and a lot of things that are happening around the world, there's a, there's a heck of a lot of complaining going on in our world right now. There's a whole lot of negativity about what's happening in our world right now. There's a whole lot of worry and anxiety and anxiousness around a whole lot of things. And what I've heard a lot lately is just, in, in, no matter where I've gone, whether it been a restaurant, a cafe or whatever, I've just heard a whole lot of complaining. And we're really good at complaining. We can complain about 
all sorts of things. We can complain about the weather, it's too hot or it's too cold, it's raining too much, it's not raining enough. We just have this ability to find a negativity in just about everything that we see. And I think that that complaining that negativity can lead to a whole lot of worry, a whole lot of anxiety and a whole lot of issues. And here's the thing. This is not a series about thinking positive. This is just a series about what the Bible says that we should do so that we're not people of complaining. Remember, the Scripture says this, do everything without complaining. That's, that's one you want to put on your toilet door so that your kids can read it every single day of their lives, yes? And so there are things in Scripture that help us to overcome the negativity, to help us overcome the complaining, to help us overcome the worry and the anxiety, and the anxiousness. And the cool thing about the Scripture is that there's a cure for all of this, and it's called gratitude. The Bible teaches us that gratitude is a cure for all of this. In fact, in Proverbs 15, 13, it says this, A glad heart makes a cheerful face, but by sorrow of heart, the spirit is crushed. A glad heart makes a cheerful face. Listen to me, ladies. You don't need Botox. You just need to smile. A glad heart is a cheerful face. A smile comes from a heart that is full of gratitude and it creates a cheerful face and a cheerful heart. As I was putting this message together, I I like looking at things around psychology and and one of the websites that I look at quite often is one called positivepsychology.com and they've done this article about the effects that gratitude has in our lives. Let me, let me read you out the positive effects of gratitude in our lives. Here's the first one. Gratitude releases toxic emotions. Gratitude actually fixes toxic emotions. Gratitude reduces pain. Maybe if you were more grateful about your husband, he wouldn't be such a pain. I, I don't know. <laughs> gratitude improves sleep quality. Gratitude aids in stress regulation. Gratitude reduces anxiety and depression. As I read that, I thought, this sounds like a miracle drug. The great thing about this miracle drug is there's no side effects and it doesn't cost you anything. You don't have to wait three weeks to get into the GP to get a prescription. It's gratitude. And I don't know about you, but if I'm really honest with myself, because I'll be honest with me and you can be honest with yourself, but I think that we need a little bit of gratitude today. I think that we're in a world that's getting a little bit critical, that there's feeling a little bit of anxiety, that's feeling a little bit of pressure, and there's a little bit of complaining starting to come out. And the cure for all of that stuff, for all of that, especially as we lead into Christmas and the stress of all that that it seems to bring, even though it's meant to be one of the most joyous occasions of the year, the cure for all of that is a thing called gratitude. So what do you need in your life for gratitude to work. I, I, I think one of the things that I would say to you this morning, and hopefully this helps you, but I've learned, and I think the scripture teaches us, that gratitude is the gateway to peace. That when we live in a world where we've got a whole lot of worry and a whole lot of anxiety and a whole lot of things going on, that gratitude is actually the gateway to peace. And I encourage you this morning that as I speak, don't, don't back off, but step into it this morning. Don't go and go, oh, this is one of them positive messages and I've heard it before. No, no, this is biblical, therefore it's spiritual. Therefore, we need to step into it and let God transform your heart as you grab hold of it because you can't have 
have a gratitude in your heart and then start complaining. The Bible says that the two can't flow. You can't have, you can't have salt water and pure water flowing from the same place. If you're finding that it's what coming out of your mouth is not helpful, it's because there's probably a problem with your heart. And gratitude becomes the gateway to peace. And I don't throw that cute little phrase out there for you to go away and off. I memorize that and say it over and over again, my life will change. No, no, no it's not. I'm not going to, I'm not going to insult your intelligence by just saying, hey, here's a cute little thing. I'm, I'm saying that this is something that I have personally learnt in my life. You know, I've been married to Trinity now for 28 years. It'll be 29 years next year. And, um, and it's pretty, pretty good in itself that she's lasted this long. <laughs> but if I'm honest with you, in those 28 years that she has been married to me, there has been seasons in my life where I have battled with depression, where I've battled with that sort of stuff. And if you've ever, ever lived with and loved somebody who struggles with depression, you know that the internal dialogue of that person is incredibly damaging to that person. The way that they talk about themselves, the things that they say about themselves, that internal dialogue is incredibly damaging to that person, right? Yes? And it was during one of those seasons where I was feeling depressed and I was feeling anxious and anxiety and all those sorts of stuff a few years ago, probably about 10 or 12 years ago, that I felt like God speak to me and he told me to get a journal and write down all the things that I was grateful for. See, when you're in that state, you start off by writing things that you're grateful for, like, I'm grateful for birds that sing, grateful for meat pies, (laughs) grateful for coffee, grateful that there's air in my lungs. You know, you start off pretty shallow because when you're in that deep pit of depression or despair, it's really, really hard to think of the things that you're grateful for. And so I just started writing the stupidest thing. I'm grateful that I have a car so I don't have to walk. Yes? If you own a car, you're in the top 5% wealthiest people in the world. So that's what statistics say. If you've got two, you're in the top 2%. If you've got three, I don't know what that means, but But I just started writing, and some of it was just pathetic. I'm grateful that I have shoes. I'm grateful that I got to have breakfast this morning. I just, I had to find something. And you might think, man, that's really, really shallow. But I'll tell you now, as I started to write in that journal every day, 10 things that I was grateful for, it started to shift from birds that sing, air that I breathe, to I'm grateful for a God that loves me. I'm grateful for a God that heals me. I'm grateful that I get to be part of this thing called the church. And it started to get deeper and deeper and deeper in my gratefulness. And the other day, I was just, as I was preparing this, I decided to open up one of those journals and have a look back and just see some of the things that I wrote. And I checked out my journal and I looked back and I can find gratitude in my darkest moments. And I realized something, that gratitude is the way out of the pit of the spear. That gratitude lifts you out of the pit of despair. And you might find yourself in a bit of a pit this morning. You might find yourself with some anxiety. You might find yourself with some negativity or maybe some complaining or bitterness or anxiousness. I want to tell you this morning that gratitude then becomes the gateway to peace. 
And I'm going to prove this to you by looking at Philippians chapter 4. But before we get into Philippians chapter 4, we've got to understand the Apostle Paul who wrote Philippians, where he's actually writing this book from. When he's writing these words that we're about to read, he is writing them from prison. He's not writing them from the Maldives and a bungalow over the water. He is writing it from prison. He's in a situation where he's locked up. He can't do anything. He can't go anywhere. There's nothing that he can do about it. He has uncertainty about what tomorrow brings him because he's just stuck in this prison. And it's in that situation that Paul the Apostle pins these words in Ephesians 4, verse 4 to 6. He says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice, rejoice, rejoice in the Lord always. How many people from the early 80s can... Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. You know, when somebody says something twice, you should pay attention. Let your reasonableness be known to everybody. In other words, let this rejoicing be known to everyone because that's reasonable of you. Hello, you're in a prison right now. How is that reasonable? The Lord is at hand. In other words, He hasn't abandoned me. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, supplication with, trans, with thanksgiving, man, let your requests be made known to God. You know, whenever something is said twice in Scripture, it's probably a good idea to find out what that really means. He says here, rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. So I decided to look up the Greek word for rejoice to find out what it literally means, because the New Testament is written in Greek. So therefore, it's really important that we understand sometimes what the Greek meaning of these words are. And, and surprise, surprise, the Greek word for rejoice means to be glad. Amazing, right? But then I found something else. You see, the Greek word for rejoice means to be glad, but the root word of that word in Greek is the word charis, which is the word for grace, the undeserved favor of God. So when Paul is saying rejoice always, and again I say rejoice, it's not because he's trying to be positive in a prison, but he understands that at the bottom of that is the grace and the mercy and the goodness of God. It's the undeserved favor of God that is causing him in the middle of a prison to go, whoa, 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 circumstances don't dictate to me because at the bottom of my rejoicing is an understanding of the grace of God that I don't deserve, but he's given it to me anyway. having God's unmerited favor, something you don't deserve. And it gives this beautiful picture here of him saying, hey, hey, my, my situation doesn't dictate to my rejoicing. There's a deeper truth to this, and it's not just my circumstances. It's understanding the undeserved favor of God. And Paul says, God is not gone. 
The Lord is near. He hasn't abandoned me. He's right here in the middle of this. He is close. And because he comes from that position of understanding the grace of God and that God hasn't abandoned him, he then says, therefore, don't be anxious about anything. You know, I I don't know about you, but I think that's tough. Don't be anxious about anything. 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 When your kid takes your car for the first time and drives on their own with the restricted license, don't be anxious. Paul, are you on drugs? Don't be anxious about anything. You know that word anxious in the Greek actually means to be concerned or worried, but more than that, it means to be pulled apart in many directions. Isn't that what worry and anxiety does to us. It pulls us apart in many directions. We start worrying about this, and we start worrying about that. We're worried about our kids. We're worried about our wife. We're worried about our job. We're worried about our finances. We're worried about our health. We're worried about our aging parents. We're worried. We're worried. We're worried. We're worried. And it just pulls us apart. I don't know about you, but maybe you feel a little pulled apart at the moment. Worry pulls us apart. That's where anxiety comes from. It's when we start to feel things pulling us apart. And And Paul here is saying, hey, 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 don't be pulled apart. Don't be anxious. Don't be pulled apart about anything, but in everything, bring it in prayer. And and Paul is is showing here a principle that he shows over and over again in his writings. In fact, in Romans chapter 8, he puts it this way, all things work together for good for those who love God and called according to his purpose. All things, all the stuff that you're worried about, all the stuff that you're anxious about, all the things that you're concerned about, all those things. It's the same principle that he's using here. And he's saying, hey guys, listen, listen to me. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, in prayer, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the crazy thing about the word Thanksgiving here, it's the Greek word, eucharistia, eucharistia. And right in the middle of that is the same word, charis, for grace. And what Paul is saying here is rejoice, rejoice. You can rejoice because it's a deeper thing. It's not about your circumstance. It's about understanding that it's the grace of God, the undeserved favor of God. And then he goes and bring all your worries, all your concerns in prayer with supplication and thanksgiving. Once again, understanding that it's the grace of God that is underneath all the thanksgiving. It's understanding the undeserved favor and merit of God upon our lives. And it's his grace. And Paul is saying, you can rejoice, rejoice always. Do it again with what? With thanksgiving, with that sense of the grace of God about you again. And these things, these emotions, these attitudes stem from a place that is much deeper than my circumstance. The emotions, the rejoicing, what I feel, what I believe doesn't stem from my circumstance, but it's much deeper. It's understanding the grace of God in my life. The undeserved favor of him is from a heart of gratitude. I thank you, God, that you have given me all these things, even though I don't deserve it. In fact, Paul said this. He said, I am the worst of all sinners. But he understood the grace and the mercy of God. And that's what drove him forward. It comes from a heart of gratitude, understanding from which you have been saved from. It's about the charis, the grace of God. And Paul is saying, hey, listen, I'm in prison. 
I get it. I get what you're going through. I'm locked up. But you know what? My circumstance doesn't dictate my ability to rejoice and be thankful. But it's a deeper truth. It's something much deeper than just being set free. It's been set free from the bonds of sin that so hold us back. Receiving something we didn't deserve. God's grace has us. And in that, we find the ability to rejoice. We find the ability to be thankful. And that's what Paul is telling us here in this scripture. He goes on to say this in verse 7. He says, after you do all of that, and the peace of God. So rejoice. Rejoice always. No matter what's going on, the Lord is at hand. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but doesn't that sound good? Doesn't that sound amazing? Doesn't that sound fantastic? That word peace in the Greek actually is the complete opposite to being anxious. It's the complete opposite to being pulled apart. That word in the Greek means, peace means to be pulled back together, to be whole again, to be one again, to be whole again. It's the exact opposite. The gift of God's peace comes from being made whole. And sometimes in life, I'll try and do this, we have all sorts of different things happen to us. We have little problems coming along, and right now, this tray is like your life. And then we have one little problem, and I don't know about you, but right now, I'm, I'm coping quite easily with one, whoa, one little thing in my life, yes? But, but then something else happens, and, and before you know it, you've got a couple of things going on, and then the kids start to get sick, and then all of a sudden the economy's not going too well and, and your workplace is suffering and, and, and all these sorts of things start going on in your world and before you know it, you're, you're not just got one thing that you're... I'm, I'm actually struggling right now to keep this under control. You're not, you're not got one or two things going on. You've got a whole lot of things going on and, and then what happens is, is that I, I know I need to get from here to there but I don't know about you but I, I can't really move at a great pace with, with all of these in hand. And so what happens is we're, we're draggling all the stuff that's going on and all the worry and all the anxiety. And what it does is we're like, man, we can't really move from here because if I move from here, I'm going to lose it. And so what happens is we get stuck. You see, when the worries of the world pull us apart in all sorts of directions, we become fearful to move in case we drop everything that we're carrying. And so we get stuck. And we don't move anywhere. And then we're walking along and, and Paul's saying, don't, don't be anxious about anything. Don't be pulled apart in many directions. And we find ourselves up here and we find ourselves, we, we start to try to walk and, and, and we need to pick up pace because there's a whole lot of things going on. And then all of a sudden we trip. And the very thing that we hoped wouldn't happen has happened. And then we're like, why did I do that? I should have just stayed where I was. I should have just stuck in one place. And Paul is like, hold on a sec. Hold on a second. 
Don't be anxious. Don't be pulled apart by many things. There's something better. It's called the peace of God. And the peace of God is when you become whole. And instead of carrying a whole lot of balls around, you just got one ball that you're handling. And you know what? This is easy. I can run on the stage. No problems. I can even trip. And I've still got the ball. Amazing skills. You see, the peace, when you've got the peace of God, you're made whole. You're not juggling a whole lot of things that are pulling you apart. You've just got the one thing that you're holding on to, and that is Jesus, and he's easy to hold on to. All the worries and all the anxiety and all the cares and all the things that we're concerned about, they're not easy to hold on to, but Jesus is easy to hold on to. I'm not worried about dropping this at all. Maybe a little bit because my hands aren't very big. But I'm not worried about dropping this. I'm not worried about it getting out of control because there's a peace that I have when I've got this ball in hand. It's not difficult. It's not hard. It's easy to control. When you get the peace of God, verse 7. Hold on, i just got to sort some things out here. When you get the peace of God. You can't get the peace in verse 7 without doing verse 6. You can't get the peace of verse 7 without doing verse 6. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition, supplication, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, because his thoughts are much higher than our thoughts, and his ways are much greater than our ways, it will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. The peace of God doesn't pull you apart, but pulls you back together again. And there's this great cheesy bump, Christian bumper sticker. It's really cheesy. Like, really cheesy. You've probably seen it. goes something like this. No God, N-O, God, no peace. And then it's really clever. It goes, no, K-N-O-W, God, no peace. Pretty cool, eh? It's as cheesy as it comes. No God, no peace. No God, no peace. It's as cheesy as it comes, but it's true. It's true that if you know him, you're no peace, but if you don't know him, you'll never know peace. Why? Because it goes back to a place of gratitude. It's because gratitude is the gateway of peace. And when we know God and we know what he's done for us and we know how he saved us and we know the unmerited favor of God that we have upon our lives, when we know that, we know peace because we don't have to worry about tomorrow or the next day because we know that the Lord holds the world in his hand, that the universe is between his thumb and his forefinger, that he never leaves us nor forsakes us, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We have that peace because we know the undeserved favour of God. 
I understand that my gratitude comes from a place of knowing that I have been given something that I don't deserve, his charis, his grace. And when you understand that, you start to operate from a place of gratitude. And Jesus said this, he said, out of the overflow of your heart, your heart full of gratitude, your mouth speaks thankfulness. And it begins to squash the negativity in your world. It begins to squash it. Why? Because gratitude is the gateway to peace. He goes on in verse 8 and he says this, he says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Don't think about everything that's pulling you apart. Think about these things. Why? Because what we think about begins to transform our heart, and then out of the overflow of our heart, our mouth begins to speak. And you're just about positive confession. No, I believe that the words that we speak create the worlds that we live in because your, your words are creative. When Jesus said, let there be light, it wasn't just a nice thing. It created light. It created the word. And the same God that raised Christ from the dead lives and abides in you, and your words are not just for communication. They create as well. And so we want to have hearts of gratitude so that are the overflow of that we're creating a place of thankfulness. You see, the only way I can kind of explain it to you is this glass here is your, is your life. This glass here represents your heart. I'm not talking about your beating heart, the organ inside your chest. I'm talking about your, your thoughts and your dreams and your endeavors and your desires and you know, the totality of your, your living. This is you. And, and you're very happy right now because life is clear and it's awesome and it's amazing. And, but then you start to worry and a, and a little bit of worry creeps in. I didn't practice this. A little bit of worry creeps in and all of a sudden it's, it's, not, as, it's not as clear. Life isn't as clear anymore. You're a little bit concerned. You begin to worry about your finances. You begin to worry about your job and... Maybe you start to worry about your kids and you start to worry about your, your husband and you start to worry about all sorts of situations and you start to worry about your parents getting older and what about the economy and what if the virus comes back? What about murder hornets? I had to say something to lighten the mood. And so what happens is, is this worry starts to drip into your life. All of a sudden, you go from this happy place to where your life is now colored by all of this worry. You start to feel pulled apart. You start to feel anxious. You start to complain. And Jesus said, hey, hey, there's a better way. Don't, don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And so what we need, friend, is we need a, the cure for all of this is a big jug of gratitude in our lives. And so what happens is we start, 
to start doing gratitude. Some of you here are like, man, I might start one of them journals and write down stuff and, and, and we start to do it and then all of a sudden, you know, about two or three weeks in, nothing seems to be changing, so kind of stop. It's a little bit like people that read their Bible. It's like, well, I read it a couple of times, nothing changed, so. You see, gratitude is not a quick fix. It's a hard slog. It's not a quick fix. Anything in the kingdom is not a quick fix. You're going to get an opportunity to give your life to Jesus, but I'm telling you, in that moment, everything's not fixed for you. It's the start of a journey where God can fix everything for you, but it doesn't happen straight away, and he doesn't necessarily fix everything either. Come out tonight and you understand what that's about. And all of a sudden we realize we need to do what is honorable and what is true and what is... I'm running out of water. This was meant to go clear. (laughs) And it hasn't worked. It's lighter. Oh, no, it is clear, virtually. If I pour any more water in, we're going to have a flood. (laughs) So what we need is not not to worry or not to, because that just adds. What we need is that heart of gratitude to start pouring a big jug of gratitude into our world and all of a sudden it starts to transform and even though that hasn't gone completely clear, it's not the red that it was before and if I had a bigger bowl and a bigger jug, it would have gone completely clear and it would have been a really, really good illustration. Forgive me. (laughs) Some of you are going to hear this and you're going to go, you know, it's a great idea. I might start that journal. Actually, I might pull out my phone right now and start typing in a few things that I'm grateful for and like I said, you're going to start to to think about what is, what is good and all that, and you're going to open it up on your phone, you're going to start putting things down, and you're going to get a journal, and you're going to have all kinds of things that you're going to start, and it's going to be so great until Wednesday. When you stop. You see, it's a grind. You've got to keep going. You've got to take every thought captive, the Bible says, and make it obedient to Christ, because whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about such things. Paul says, don't be anxious in anything, but in everything with prayer, supplication, present your request to God, and then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ. Jesus. And that which the enemy has tried to hold you captive to in your thoughts, the fear, the worry, the anxiety will be replaced by the peace of God when you allow gratitude to overflow in your heart, to be thankful in all circumstances. And that's what you'll find in the middle of a time when there is a lot of negativity, in the middle of a time where there is a lot of anxiety, in the middle of a time where there is a lot of worry, and a lot of things, quite honestly, if we're really honest, to be worried about. The way that our world seems to be going, the way that the economy seems to be going, all those things are things that if I'm honest with you, are things that would normally, you would normally worry about. But you'll find in the middle of all that worry, you'll find in the middle of all that anxiety, 
You'll find in the, all the middle of all that concern and all the middle of that stuff where you feel like you're being pulled apart in all directions, there's this miracle little drug called gratitude that will pull all of that worry, all that anxiety, all of that concerns back together and make you whole again. And it will be the peace of God that guards your heart, your mind, your thoughts, your future, your relationships. Why? Because at the bottom of our thanksgiving and at the bottom of our rejoicing is an understanding about the grace of God, the undeserved favour that He died on the cross for my sins and saved me from what I do deserve and gave me what I don't deserve and that I get to spend eternity with Him because of what He did. And even though this time on earth, which the Bible says is a fleeting moment or it's like a and it's gone. Even though that may be uncomfortable, that time period, even though it might be awkward, even though there might be a whole lot of things that go wrong, I know this, that when my time on earth here is gone, I will be with Him in paradise because of His grace that He has given me, I can rejoice in that. Because even though my circumstances may not be going the way that I want them to, even though things might not be happening the way that I hoped they would, I know this, that He has saved me, that He has delivered me, and that I'm going to spend eternity with Him without pain, without heartache, without sickness, without worry, without anxiety. And when I think about what He has done for me on the cross, then I can rejoice and rejoice always. And again, I say, rejoice, because my rejoicing doesn't come from my circumstance. It comes from a deep truth of the grace of God. And if you're here this morning, don't know the grace of God, then friend, you'll never know peace. And God is not here because He wants to smack you on the top of the head because of the sin in your world. He's here because He wants you to see the grace that He gave you when He gave His life on the cross. That even though you deserve all of that, He's not going to give it to you. If you would receive Him, as your Lord and Savior. If you would receive His forgiveness, He'll take away all of that stuff. He'll take away all the sin. Will your life get easier? Not necessarily straight away, but I I promise you, if you start the journey with Jesus, even in the midst of your hardest times, you'll have the greatest joy in your life because you understand what He has done for you. And there'll be a gratitude and a thankfulness in your life that people will look at and go, how can you be happy? And you'll be able to say something like this, I just wish you had what I have. And they'll say, what do you have? And you'll be able to say, I have Jesus. But it starts with us stop with the complaining, stopping with the worry about everything that's happening around us and saying, you know what, God? 
the circumstance isn't very cool. I don't, I don't really enjoy my life right now, but I know this. I know it's the grace of God that's carrying me. I know it's the mercy of God that saved me. I know that all things work together for good for those who love Him. I can't wait to see the other side of this difficulty because God's got something amazing on the other side of this difficulty. Can I encourage you this morning that on the other side of all your difficulties is always your biggest breakthrough. David, King David, just before he got made king, had his biggest problem at Ziglag where his men wanted to kill him. His biggest struggle happened just before his biggest breakthrough. And what the enemy does is he tries to pull you apart so that you'll get stuck instead of stepping into all that God has for you. And the way that He pulls you apart is with worry, anxiety, and fears. And I believe that God is here today because He wants to set you free from the worry and the anxiety and the fear. And He wants you to be led from a place of understanding the undeserved favour of God, the grace of Him and the mercy that He doesn't give us what we deserve, but He gives us what we don't deserve because of His goodness towards us. And so can I just have every eye closed in this place. If you've never, ever given your life to Christ, if you've never, ever turned around and said, you know what, I, I need, I need, to get, I need to ask God to forgive me of my sin. Bible says this, that if we ask Him to do that, that He is faithful to do that, that He'll remove all sin from your life. As far as the east is from the west, He'll throw it into the sea of forgetfulness. You've still got to walk the journey with Him so that you become more and more like Him. But the starting point is when we come to Him and we say, hey, I, I need you to take this sin away from my life. Forgive me for I've sinned. And then God removes that. And then you can start a journey with Him. And we would love to walk with you on that journey because it's not just your hand goes up and everything comes right. It's the start of God doing a transformation in your life. And if you're here today and you're like, man, I've never given my life to Christ. I've never asked Him to forgive me for my sin. Or maybe you're here today and you're like, man, I, I haven't really been following Him the way that I should be. I'm certainly not operating in the peace of God right now. And I want to get my life right with Him again. And so I want Him to come and be my Lord and Savior. If that's you here this morning, you've never given your life to God, or you want to return back to a relationship with Him, then friend, I'm going to give you an opportunity very shortly just to lift up your hand. And when I see your hand, I'll ask you to put it down. There's no pressure on you. No one's going to be looking around. It's just me. And so if that's you today, you want to give your life to Christ or you want to return back to Him, why don't you right now in this moment, why don't you just lift up your hand right now and when I see it, I ask you to put it down. Is there anybody like that this morning? Thank you, you can put it down. Thank you, you can put it down. Thank you, you can put it down. Is there anybody else here this morning that wants to do that? Thank you. Awesome. Why don't we stand to our feet this morning? If you put up your hand this morning, I want you to pray along with me. I'm going to pray for you that in you putting up your hand and you're acknowledging saying, Christ, I need your forgiveness, that, that you're going to feel the presence of God come right now in this moment and forgive you for your sin as you say to Him. You can just say in your breath, in your seat, where you're right are, Father, forgive me for my sin. In Jesus' name. And then if you're serious about 
going on this journey with Jesus, there's a Live Connected card in the seat pocket in front of you and we'd love you to fill that out. Drop it in one of the drop boxes in the foyer and one of our team will ring you and we'll say, hey man, how can we help you on this journey with Jesus? So let's pray for those people right now that put up their hands. Father, I thank you right now that you are the God who saves. That it's your charis, the grace of God that gives us what we don't deserve. It's your mercy that has saved us from what we do deserve. And so right now in this moment, we say, Father, forgive us for our sin. Forgive us for our sin. Cleanse us of all the unrighteousness in our lives. Save me. Come and be my Lord and my Saviour. And help me as I start this journey of pursuing you with everything that I have, that I become more and more like you and I'll become more and more in love with you on this journey that we do in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. There's one other group of people I'd I'd love to pray for today. And that is if you've got a whole lot of worry and anxiety in your world, I'm not trying to minimise it. I've been there, I've had depression, you've heard the story, I've sat on the side of the motorway contemplating suicide because of all the stuff that was going on. I'm not trying to belittle what you're going through by just saying, just be, just have gratitude. I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to show you a principle that I used and that the Bible teaches that as we do that, it helps us transform. But it's not a quick fix. And one prayer that I could pray for you right now is not necessarily going to, could, but it's not necessarily going to remove it all from your world. But I'd love to pray for you that God would start to do something in you that would see it either right now or eventually be completely removed from your world and that you will know and you'll understand what the peace of God really is. And it'll become a testimony to all those around you. If you're here today and you're like, Craig, would would you pray for me? that I'll be able to start this journey into the peace of God. That God would help me with my fears and my anxieties. That God would help me with the sense of hopelessness that I have. That God would help me. I I want to do something. I I don't want to live this way, but I need God to help me. And I've found that God is always a God that when we throw ourselves at His feet, He always picks us up. He never condemns us. He never points the finger. He always lifts us up. And so if you're here today, well, well, no one's looking around again. It's like, and you're like, man, would you pray that God would help me? I got high anxiety. I got high worry. I got high fears. I want God to, I, I really want to experience what the peace of God is. Would you pray that God would help me and that I would have just a, a stickability on this journey to get through to a place of freedom? If that's you, why don't you lift up your hand? right now in this place. Father, come on church, let's pray. Father, you see every single hand that is lifted here in this moment. Holy Spirit, walk through every single person's life right now that has their hand lifted. Father, I come against every principality and power that would come against them. I come against every lie of the enemy that would tell them that it's hopeless, that would lead them to a place of despair. I break any spirit of suicide that is trying to come against them. I break off any spirit of death that has come 
come against him. I break off all the worry, all the anxiety, all the fear. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would come and plant a seed of the peace of God on the inside of them that would grow to such a point that it pulls their life back together and that they wouldn't be pulled apart again by the worries and the worries of this world, but they would be whole in you. Would you start that today in their lives, God? Would you help them on the journey? And would you give them the strength of stickability that they wouldn't quit until they were whole again? We break anything off anyone's life that has pulled them apart and we command them to become whole again. In Jesus' name. It's a great scripture in First Colossians. It talks about Jesus being like an accountant that goes around and reconciles our accounts back to being holy. I, I want you to, I want you to speak that over your life for however long it takes. Father, I thank you that I'm not pulled apart by you, but you reconcile, you make me whole, you make me complete. You just speak that over your life every single day, along with some gratitude. I believe God can transform your life. I believe that God can bring the peace of God that surpasses all understanding in spite of your circumstances. Because that's who He is. He is the Prince of Peace. He doesn't do peace. He is peace. And when you know Him, you'll know peace. Because that's who He is. Father, we thank you for every single person in this place. Bless them today. Let them have amazing weeks and let the peace of God rest on them in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, church, for coming today. Let's reach out to those that weren't here and let's make sure that we're people that are caring about everybody around us and not just leaving it to a few. But why don't you stick around, have tea and coffee. Always your first time, fill out that Live Connected card, drop it in, you get free coffee. Otherwise, we'll see you all next Sunday. God bless. Oh, yeah, sorry, tonight, 6 p.m., don't miss it.